Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's time once again to run the bases. Here with play-by-play is Tucker Wells, and joined as always by color man coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy almost 4th of July. Almost 4th of July, yes. Yeah, you going to go see some fireworks? No, I really don't think much of fireworks anymore. I mean, go to Braves game Friday night, you see fireworks. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. They claim that they're going to have one of the best so far. So, well, welcome. Thank you again to everybody who's been listening on SoundCloud. Soon, within the week, we will be on iTunes for all to download. Tonight is the first night of a two-part series about baseball and the arts. And for this week, we're going to talk about the art of baseball to be followed next week by baseball as an art. Uh, Before we get into it, Coach, thoughts on our six-game winning streak at the moment? Uh, Right now, it's looking good for seven games. It's three to one in the top of the seventh. I don't know about you, but I always enjoy beating the Mets. Oh, yes. yes, Always. There's just something about it that is just satisfying on many levels. so. So, Coach... When somebody says to you, what do you think about the art of baseball? Or when you say, I really enjoy the art of baseball, however you word it, what does that mean to you? Well, I... I, What do you think of when when you read something that says, ah, the art of the game of baseball? The art of the game of baseball. Well, I'll tell you what I really think of is the Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones speech in Field of Dreams where he's saying baseball, like America, has continued to go on. And, you know, and he talks about the movement and how it goes uh, throughout time. And baseball, all of the greatest American artists have used baseball as a subject. Uh, William Morris uh, Hurst, uh, or William Morris Hunt used baseball as a subject. Uh, Roy Lichtenstein, Andy Warhol, um, Jacob Lawrence, uh, Courier and Ives. I mean, I mean, we all think of Norman Rockwell because most people don't think much beyond Norman Rockwell anywhere. But uh, well, especially in America, right? But he's, he's one of you know he is the most popular American artist. in a pop culture sense, right? I mean, so. uh, Baseball has reflected the times, uh, just as James Earl Jones is saying. I mean, the there is a Courier and Ives painting in 1866. It's called the American National Game of Baseball, and it's set. You're watching a baseball game take place in this pastoral scene jet with four bases, just the you know, same configuration that we see today. Earlier than that, in 1863, there's a painting Union soldiers at Salisbury, or Union prisoners at Salisbury, North Carolina, 1863. Uh, You've said this before, just in our talkings in the past, about how during the Civil War, well, first, that is is it a fair argument to say that the two greatest things to come from America are jazz music and baseball? Yeah, but stand-up comics kind of come in there, too. That's true. That's you know? true. We yeah. did come up with that. You know, there, so, there's but, no other place that has stand-up comics. No, none, none on our level. Although a French stand-up comedian might be interesting to see. Anyway, um, back to the, uh, to the, to the topic. Um, um, go ahead. Well, that, um, 
during the Civil War, you just mentioned 1863, that during the Civil War, you, you've mentioned before that battles were fought on baseball fields or that battles were settled through a game of baseball? I, there was uh, a, a skirmish, I know, on the outskirts, or I, I've heard, I can't say I really know this, uh, on where two, a Union force met a Confederate force, uh, in the um, what, what do they call it? The wilderness uh, in that battle, and that was settled by a game. Uh, I don't know how much of that is apocryphal and how much of it's real. Uh, I'd have to research that, but it certainly does sound nice, even it sure e- does. even if it's not. I mean, we know the whole double day stuff is myth. Uh, you know, I mean, and all all that was Civil War stuff. So, I, you know, we don't know how much of it is and how much not. That baseball really became our national pastime during the Civil War. That's not myth. That's that's what it did. You know, uh, but all of these things about you know battles being one. But of the lost. mythology that comes into baseball is what makes it. When I think of the art of baseball, I think right to the natural. You know, and actually, you taught us that in when I was in high school, which was my favorite book by far, and the mythology that's tied into to that book. Um, well, all right, that book—that's another aspect of our writing. Uh, is another uh, thing is a product that comes from baseball. It is a. Um, an artistic industry kind of generated from baseball, but you have to always weigh that against the genres of Americana that make up. I don't think bobbleheads in particular are art. Uh, <laughs> the uh, that's just a product of the Americana. That writers, uh, you sport in journalism as that became a new trend in American writing, really. Uh, journalism, the only really free part of journalism was in sports. That's where you could be very, uh, you had a freedom of language, and it was really overdone for some time. But then you have uh, all of your, you know, Red Smiths and Studs Turkel and Tom Wolfs and Hunter Thompsons and uh, all of these people coming out of the sports genre, Louis Grizzards and stuff, uh, who they originate in sports writing because they have this kind of freedom. Now, that's coming from the inside out. Your Bernard Malamud's is coming from the outside in. Bernard Malamud, uh, who wrote The Natural, knew nothing about baseball, you know, and brought in, uh, you know, people, uh, Robin Roberts and had, you know, and several other people and had, uh, them relate stories about baseball players and stuff that were used in the natural, um, and the uh, but uh, the the natural was uh, I, I I I don't want to sit here and start talking about uh, and start explaining the yeah. na- the, the book the natural. You can you, well that I mean you're 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 touching on something kind of subconsciously almost the fact that you know there's certain art representations of baseball that you could spend hours talking about and dissecting like that book. Well, uh, and just that one book. Well, 
that book says so I mean it is about the Joseph Campbell's American myth hero and all that sort of stuff and that kind of mythology and how Malamud who knew nothing about baseball recognized that that had to be the uh, setting for that kind of pursuit in America uh, in England it can be on uh, the tournament fields of uh, you know of Arthurian legend, but here it has to be on the baseball field, uh, and thus you have the Knights of New York, and et cetera. So I don't, I don't need to keep <laughs> going into this. Uh, the uh, I, I think, but still, even that that was at you know that's coming out of the fifties, out of the Eisenhower type of America. If you look at how art has represented baseball throughout time, uh, I mean, there really is this parallel between. Uh, the social climate and uh, baseball and the arts. There is this kind of communion between all of them. Uh, the American realists that were born uh, out of the 30s and the Depression and stuff, and ones that were really funded by the, uh, what was it, the World's Progress Administration's Federal Act Project, the WPA, one of uh, you know, the New Deal things that was funding uh, writers, and they would go do murals for libraries and schools and government buildings, and they did these things all over the place, and often they used baseball as a subject, and it was put on, and this is when it became our, our American pastime. It was like part of who we were, but still we had People like, uh, who is it, Ben Shahan, uh, one of the, the great social realists. He has this great painting. It's called Vacant Lot. And it, it shows this small boy swings a bat as he walks slowly toward the corner of this rubble-strewn lot. Uh, there's a vast brick wall structure that blocks everything. And the center of the picture uh there's no movement whatsoever. It's out of focus, and you're moved to the right to where this little boy is swinging the bat, walking off the end of this page in this desolate wall in front of him. It looks like the Great Wall of China. Uh, and it is, that says such a picture. Jacob Lawrence, I mean, this is the great Jacob Lawrence who uh, comes out of Harlem. He's also out of the WPA as well. Uh, America's greatest cubist uh, painter, uh, and um, he, all of his pictures are in Harlem. They uh, and their intimacy and the arrangement and the boldness of the color and everything show movement that is like it's just, it's so fluid. But his painting strike, he shows there is a batter that has swung and missed. The ball. The ball is already in the catcher's mitt. You can see that. The umpire has not raised his hand. The fans who are right there on top of you are all, uh, you can't see any of their faces, but they're ready to move. And what we see here is that one second right before, when the pitch is in there, before the umpire goes strike three, you know, it's like that pow. Uh, and it is, it's. What it, it gets you excited because what do you read into that? What do you read into that moment? What is that moment? Because art elicits an emotion. You know, that's, I believe, probably the classic. It's the same, it's the same thing in 
uh, the movie The Natural when uh, Roy Hobbs strikes out the whammer outside of that um, uh, little train stop that they're at and the Randy Newman music changes and uh, Harriet Byrd all of a sudden looks to uh, from the whammer to Robert Redford and Robert Redford slaps his hands together. It's like, yeah, that's that same moment. That's that same thing. What is that moment? What is that? Define that moment. Well, I don't know that I can define it, but I'm sure there's a German word that's probably about 10 syllables that would define that moment. <laughs> that seems like something Schiller would, not the guy who scored for Washington, or I mean for Germany the other day, but. I'll tell you something that I've always instinctually known about baseball as an art, because uh, for one thing, I completely agree with the greatness of the art of baseball. Um, you know, the, the, and you can, you can elaborate on this so much more than I can, but the whole concept of the program cover. All right. Well, well I think print has the print media. I mean, there are the, Artistic industries that have been generated from baseball. Number one, baseball cards. That's a you know, sport. Yeah, baseball cards. Uh, Which you, is, yeah. you look at the earliest ones, like the Boston Champions had their own cards, and they had these paintings of all their players and these giant uh, handlebar mustaches looking all suave and everything, just bust up. But at the bottom, they had where they would say, you know, so-and-so, uh, second baseman for the champions. And then they would show a little painting of him in the bottom making a play in the field at second base. I mean, it was just one painting on top of another. I have no idea what the backs of those cards look like. But what more than the paintings, uh, the photography that developed from uh, for baseball cards uh, really was always a move forward in the art of photography. And there's some cards that are just, the, the 53 Bowman cards are a piece of art. I mean, they're, they're beautiful cards. And is uh, that, is that I, I mean, I'm not familiar with the, the whole history of trading cards. I mean, once I got to a certain age, I was no longer collecting cards. But the 53 Bowman are those, an art form of photography or painting. Oh, uh, yeah, they're, no, no, they're beautiful photography. Uh, yeah. I mean, and no, the and they're the front of a card. There's like hardly any border or anything. They're just these brilliant pictures. The problem is Bowman had was fighting with Thompson and only could take so many pictures. They don't have you know twelve people or so a team. Well, yeah. Well, the in the in the in the most classic. Um, um, I'm, I'm searching for this word here, but. Um, ethereal or the you know the connection that goes from artwork to mind and to soul is to me that you never see the same thing twice that you can look at a painting of any 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 artist representation of some part of life or some part of fantasy and if you can look at that painting and never see the same thing twice same thing with film and i used to be in the film business and one of my favorite films i learned this from my brother he inspired me to this film it was 2001 a space odyssey by stanley kubrick and stanley kubrick is arguably the greatest director of all time but it's the fact that there's so many layers to that movie that you can watch it over and over again and it starts to come into view and baseball is so simple on the surface 
You know, three strikes and you're out. Three three outs, you're out of the inning. You play nine innings. It's a game. But you never see the same thing twice. And that's why the artist representations of baseball are so many and much and far and fast and in between because every time you see a, a new card, just in that simple example, you're seeing something you've never seen before. You're seeing a new angle of Justin Verlander and his upper deck card that comes out, and it captures so much. Uh, just by the very nature of being an American game, um, something that I've always subconsciously been drawn to about the game and the art of baseball. Um, I I don't think that it's always different. I think there is a uniformity to the game at times uh, that comes out you know, on a major league level in a 162 game schedule, and uh, but the the constants of playing this every day, that there is this kind of continuum that exists. Uh, and this is kind of uh, the suppressed tension, which comes from the, the brilliant burst of speed that kind of permeate the game. Uh, but I, uh, some of there, there are always, I, I agree are going to be slight differences and you always are going to see things that are the same. But if you're looking at, I mean, sometimes the art is in the sameness. Uh, movies, if we're going to argue that that's part of the art of baseball, you have to recognize that baseball established this whole genre of sports movies where we have this overcoming adversity, the under fighting for the underdogs, uh, this kind of moralistic learning. Angels in the Outfield, the first one. The one with Paul yeah. Douglas and Janet Lee and stuff. That was such a how many sports movies have there been like that since then? Where the guy learns something to be sensitive to kids, you know, uh this kind of rags to riches. This this whole I mean, it's they're great. I love them. I mean, you take this to the bad news bears and Walter Matthau learning to love kids and love life again and not be a drunk. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh it's uh, to the rookie and all, you know, I mean, yeah. it's always the same. You know? And then, of course, rookie of the year where a kid is what actually helps the Cubs win the World Series. So there you go. But That's- still, he's he like learns that his his family and his mom and his dad are the most important things. Uh, yeah, it, it, it really, you know, I, I think that's why not think but feel that's why there's so much more artwork and film, I mean, there there are you know by a wide margin more baseball films than any other sports films in this country. You know, you you can't. I, I, you and know, right you would now, think you that could, there would be more football films than there are. Yeah, uh, you would think that there. I mean, you talk about. I mean, if we're talking classical arts, I mean, William Morris Hunt for for you know uh, the great American uh, impressionist is you know did a, a baseball painting. We've had the greatest sculptures, Tyldale and everything else, uh, the greatest sculptures writers. A, uh, well, yeah. sculptors, that's not unusual because sculptors always look toward athletes. Yeah, you know? that, that, uh, that transcends. Yeah, the, uh, goes back to the ancient Greeks. But, but the writer, yeah, but the writers and movies and everything else have always leaned more toward baseball than football. I mean, football has Leroy Neiman. You know, they can have Leroy Neiman. That's the only <laughs> artist they got, you know, uh, but the, part of it is that the limitations of things. Baseball fans out the field. This is getting as to why baseball is an art. You know, I don't need to go there. But I mean, uh, 
it's limitless. It moves, you know, it goes out and all the instant movement. I mean, there, there's so many things. Well, you know, I was just, I was thinking this very thing about the art of it, the art of the stadium, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's truly an art form. The, the architectural structure, the architectural uniqueness, if that's the right use of words, but how no two baseball stadiums are even remotely similar. We had the 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 horrible period in the sixties and seventies where all the stadiums were built the same way, like Three Rivers Stadium, Veterans Stadium, Fulton County Stadium, Bush Stadium, the concrete donut, if you will. But when we got over that, you look at baseball stadiums and everything has a unique a unique personality. The 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 fences are not all one depth. You know, well, I, and that's I think, an, and and sculpt and architecture is an art form to be sure. Oh, abs- absolutely, uh, and I I firmly believe that. I think it's a little pretentious right now, and there is you have companies that are uh, you know the same company that's going to do the new Braves field did the Marlins, but also did. Several other fields as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you know, this one architectural firm out of Kansas City. They used to be called HOK Sport, and now right. they have something new. Right, right. Yeah, they're, yeah there's, there's, in that sense, there's one that's cornering the market. But you can even go back through time and, and, and look at Ebbets Field and the Polo Grounds and Crosley Field and you know so on and so forth and, and, and just see something that affected the game, whereas... You know, it's hard to find the art of football outside of like Lambeau Field and Soldier Field. I, 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 I we're not, just talking I think, about the stadium. I think if you're t- there, are I disagree. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I would like to think so, but I think there are uh, just about every SEC football stadium yeah, has is true has a personality that is as distinct as many baseball fields. Well, uh, it's true, true. And and a lot of that has to do in my estimation with the fans that are there. Now, um let, let's remove the standings. Let's remove the, the grandstands, I should say. And let's remove the outside. No two fields in baseball are exactly the same. Whereas football is played on the exact same gridiron. It's 120 yards long. And oh, well, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, but the, and now landscape, we're, you're, you're like on the whole subject of next week's show. Of, well, they can blend. Of how the art of baseball. Baseball is, it has the two parabola lines, the lines that go off into seemingly they're seemingly endless. They never touch. You look at all of the old baseball fields. There was no fence. There were just fans out there that made up the fence. Uh, and uh, the idea that it expanded forever, you know. Well, let's uh, uh, let's get back then. We'll save that for next week. So back to the art of baseball. Um, what, are, um, what are some of your... Uh, um, I don't know. I, I guess the word is admired, uh, admired human beings, for lack of a better word, that were influenced by the art of baseball. Mm, you mean artist? Or, well, you can say artist, or you can say. I see. I don't know who did certain. I mean, a lot of uh, action. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, stop action photography and those, these things that were developed for baseball. I don't know who those people were. Well, no. That developed those things. Uh, I know uh, as far as the uh, American artists, 
all famous American artists, you know, they people I didn't even like. Uh, but uh, Robert Ruschenbach, uh, Bagan, uh, I, I love this guy, but you know, uh, Andy Warhol stuff, I don't really care. Roy, what did Andy Warhol do? I, I've never seen his baseball work. Uh, it's a still life that goes on and on forever, kind of like the the whole Campbell soup things. Uh, Roy Lichtenstein does something called the manager, and it's just a picture of a, a baseball manager. He used that kind of bead art, you know, the the cartoon art. Uh, I mean, there uh, Hunt, uh, who's an impressionist for I mean, you know, that far back, eighteen seventy or something, he does uh, a thing called. Um, I think it's called the ball players, uh, and it shows three people you don't see their faces. He used the broad brush strokes of uh, the Barno uh, way of painting. This is kind of a precursor to the little short brush strokes of the impressionists and all that stuff. Uh, but I mean, he's choose. I mean, you don't. This is a guy who spends most of his life in in France at Montmartre and everything with all the impressionists, you know, but he's still doing baseball as two of the guys wearing skimmer hats. Uh, by the, way, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's still this kind of pastoral thing. It's when, um, in the thirties, when things change and the depression that the image of baseball, uh, changed Norman Rockwell. I mean, we, we take him for granted, but the guy must've done 50 different baseball pictures, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um but I mean every great American artist has chosen baseball as a medium at one point or another. Uh sculptors, painters, as you were saying, architecture is certainly a, a part of that. Uh I think writers are. Uh the one one area where it really hasn't I don't know of any great music. There's some of that that's kind of in the I was American that as well. Thing. Yeah, it, you know, you really have to look at soundtracks for like baseball movies cuz like the Randy Newman soundtrack to the, the Ran- Natural. Yes, that's that's maybe the best. That may be the best I would agree. I've heard. Uh, Did you know that if the Natural was played at full speed it'd be 30 minutes long? At regular no. speed. <laughs> There's so much slow motion. Really? Yeah. That's kind of like 300. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, 300 would be about 20 minutes long. Yeah, but but yeah, everybody when, in baseball didn't have uh, abs painted. Eight on minute them. abs, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, music is the out, outside of um, you know center field by Creedence Clearwater Revival. No, no, no. There, there are all sorts of <laughs> old songs. Did you hear Jackie Robinson hit uh, that ball? Well, you know, I, steal this, that base or whatever. It was. The yeah. seventh inning stretch. I mean, can yeah. you name another sport where they sing a song? At the three-fourths marker of the game, uh, that no, they, no. that everybody sings. Is there anything in sport that is kind of like take me out to the ball game? Can you think of a football anthem? <laughs> I mean, now college aside, because college yeah, cause has the they fight all songs. have them. They yeah. all have them. Yeah, uh, but in professional so, sports, in professional sports, uh, well, there's that Soccer hockey games. thing where they throw the octopuses on you know but that's that's a, just a reaction to to three goals getting scored or whatever that well the, no the octopus is in detroit yeah but yeah as far as I, I can't believe we missed that you know the the i think that 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 take me out to the ball game is number two behind the national anthem as far as songs that everybody knows the lyrics or maybe a third behind happy birthday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And did you know that Happy Birthday is copywritten? So every time it appears in a movie, they have to pay royalties. Um, some woman, I forget who. It's See, like I knew at one point, 
both uh, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney were buying up every song they could get. Oh, and, yeah. Michael but, Jackson owned the entire Beatles catalog. Yeah, I know. And, and then he had to sell it because of all the problems that he and, had. And uh, Paul McCartney bought a lot of them back. Yeah, he did. You know that Paul McCartney is the first billion-dollar musician. Is he? Yeah, he is. And Lord knows what he's going to do with it all. He is a knight. Well, it should be that a Beatle would be the first billionaire. This doesn't have much to do with baseball, you know? Well, that's, see, that's the thing, is that you can go off on all these different tangents. So, all right. So let me ask you, as we, as we come to the conclusion here, um, what piece of artwork having to do with the subject of baseball influenced you the most when you were growing up and first getting into the game? Um, all right. I read some pulp novels uh, that they used to have these. I, I read like the Eddie Matthews story. And this was something when Eddie Matthews was in about his fourth year of playing. Uh, it was before he was an alcoholic. And uh, before he was tabbed to be the person to break Babe Ruth's home run record and stuff. Uh, it was one of my first favorite players. And I read several of these kind of like pulp biographies of players at that age. There, the movie that perhaps influenced me the most, or the, the movie that I liked the best was uh, It Happens Every Spring with Ray Milland. Uh And he's a scientist that has this like, uh, stuff that you can't feel or smell or anything, but you rub it on anything and it will avoid wood. And he, <laughs> yeah, and he I remember rubbed it on his ball and would like hop over the bats and everything. It was like, that's what I need, you know. And that was kind of an American dream, a way to be instantly the best at something without having to work at it. <laughs> uh, that was that was very attractive to me at a, at a young age. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, I I don't know that there was a painting that uh, that particularly stuck out to me. I knew the 1961 card of Roger Maris. There was a certain kind of aloofness there that I thought was uh, way cool. Uh, yeah, I, I'll actually uh, I'll jump in on this as well. For me, it was. Um, more than anything, um, it was Casey at bat, at the bat, the short story. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm butchering the title at this moment, but either way, um, you know, I, I really came to know about sports um, in my youth right as the, the Braves were doing the worst to first. And the Braves became, you know, essentially America's team and put Atlanta, my hometown, on the map. So that was the game getting me into the game but the 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 Casey strikes out was such a great short story as a kid and I always related to the fact that he did not succeed you know and I always saw the art in that you know baseball is a game where you fail 70% of the time as a hitter and you're an all-star you know and that's life that's art and the game reflecting life is that no matter how much you will it Sometimes you're going to get up there and you're going to swing and you're going to miss. But you know what? Three innings later, you get to do it again. And it does happen every spring. So there you go. I I agree with all of that. And this is sick that I have to say this. But Casey at the Bat's a poem, not a short story. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I'm sorry that I even have to say that, but that's, you know, who I am. So, well, you're an English teacher and I'm a bartender, so you're going to have to forgive me on that one. I, I, okay. In time, in time, you'll find it in your heart to forgive me. Oh, I forgive you. I I don't forgive myself for having to say that. Well, that's all right. Um, and then also, uh, as far as movies go, um, in addition to the classics and I actually saw pride of the Yankees on Turner classic movies as a kid. And that was always one of my favorites, but it was a Sandlot. Sandlot's a great movie. I can watch that. Time I had and time a lot. Again. Sandlot is personal to me. There's a lot of that in in a way that I kind of experienced, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Well, it, that was part. It's certainly part of my my youth. Whereas it I was that in, doofus kid at one point. Yeah, we all were. We all were hoping to throw on the PF flyers at some point and steal home. So. So there you have it. That is the art of baseball. And be sure to join us next week as we talk about baseball as an art, even though we touched on that a little bit this week. So thank you all very much out there in radio internet land. This has been Running the Bases. Coach, thank you. Slide into third. That's right. Have a happy 4th of July. You too, Tucker. All right. Good night.